Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome aboard the National Football Show. It's your boy, Dan Cilio. Do we have a special show for you? We're going to have some fun today. We're getting closer and closer to the second true week of the exhibition season. But we're going to have some fun today. Bottom of the hour, the legendary Ice Cube. You know he's a Raider fan. Okay, so we're going to talk some Raiders with him. We'll get his thoughts on John Gruden. We'll get his thoughts on the NFL in general and football back in Los Angeles again. We'll talk some Big Three basketball with him. You know, Big Three has been exceptional. We had Amy Trask on with us yesterday. She was spectacular. And also, our resident NFL Hall of Famer and our insider going around all the camps will be our friend, Jason Cole. We will talk to him today. And we look forward to having you part of the program. By the way, those of you that do chime in on the show, I implement some of the comments that you make right here on the National Football Show. So feel free. Leave a comment. If I see it, we'll hit on it. We'll move forward here. And like I said, there is a boatload of storylines that are starting to creep in now as we get into the second week. By the way, I want to I start this out. And I want to make sure that people know this. You know what's the greatest thing about sports? I know if you tune on the news right now, you're probably depressed on what you're seeing overseas in Afghanistan. You know what you get here? This is like, I call my national radio show that I do at night. This is like the happy hour of sports talk. You get a chance to get away from all that. Because again, I believe in this. You know, and my boy Krause's right. Vaccinations? You have a billion channels to talk about that. Afghanistan, you have a billion channels to be depressed about that. People come here like they walk into an Italian restaurant or they walk into a sub shop and they want to feel good about their sports teams. The greatest thing that sports gives everyone, you know what it is? It's civic pride. People in Pittsburgh love their Steelers. People in Philadelphia, Love their Eagles. People in Boston love the Patriots. I can go on and on, right? That's what these sports teams represent. They represent civic pride. And people don't want to be depressed when they come to a channel like this and hear Big Sales talking about some political platform that he wants to get off his chest. It's not why you come here. You come here to talk some sports. Feel good about your teams. Be updated on your teams, informed about your teams, and talk about the two things you love the most, college and pro football. So let's get into it. All right. I'm going to start this out, and I wrote this down. I wanted to make sure that I I started my show out with this. So Tim Tebow, if you go on the internet right now, people are crucifying the kid for getting an opportunity in Jacksonville to try to make it as a tight end on Urban Meyer's football team. Why? What's it to you? Does that really make you lose sleep? That a guy who has got great passion for a sport or has great passion for what he does, that really aggravates you? 
Well, then guess what? That's a you thing. Tim Tebow will go down. And by the way, whether you like it or not, Tim Tebow's overall football career is one of the greatest football careers of all time. Was he a first rounder? Yes. Did he win a playoff game as a starting quarterback? How many Heisman Trophy winners can you name that have won playoff games? Well, I don't know. Roger Stahlback, Cam Newton. How many other guys do you know that have won playoff games and that have won the Heisman Trophy as a quarterback? There's a select few that have done that. I'm not suggesting to you that he was railroaded in his football career in the NFL. Just didn't work out. It happens like that. It's where you land sometimes. Was his skill set set up for playing on Saturdays instead of Sundays? Probably. He's got a Heisman Trophy. Would we not agree that the Heisman Trophy is the most recognized football award in American sports history? Could you name me another award? Tell me who the MVP of the NFL was five years ago. I could probably tell you who the Heisman Trophy winner was five years ago. There's a select group of people that have won that award. Tim's won that award. He's won national championships in college. I know some of you, the easy go-to is, well, he sucked as an NFL guy. Well, how many times have you put an NFL helmet on? I actually look at Tebow's career and say this, well done, dude. Now it's time to transition into something else. You know what that's something else I'd love to see him do? I'd love to see Tim Tebow as a college football coach. You imagine having that passion, being able to be transferred into a quarterback that he's schooling for his football team to try to go out and win. I don't know how we wouldn't be any. Can you imagine Tim Tebow being the head football coach one day at the University of Florida? Holy cow, you couldn't buy a ticket to get into Ben Hill Griffith Stadium or into the swamp. You couldn't, you couldn't buy a ticket. And for the record, do we not agree that the Southeastern Conference is the greatest college football conference in the country? <laughs> and by the way, it's not close. He's the greatest and most recognized face in the history of the SEC. There's no one else. Maybe Herschel Walker. Maybe Herschel Walker. So this hatred, Oh, I, and I know that we're in this time in our country where people talk about white privilege. That had nothing to do with white privilege. You know what it had to do with? He played his ass off for Urban Meyer in college. He's a God-fearing guy. When he got to the Jaguars, his jersey sale went right to number one with the NFL. It wasn't a poor business move. Shea Khan, the owner of the Jags, would look at you and say, I don't know, this guy sold more jerseys than any other guy on a Jaguar team like in ever. Tebow sold more of those. And by the way, those Jaguar jerseys are going to be collector's items now, that number 85. Funny, my boy Xander just got through telling me, I'm going to go on the website and buy something to commemorate Tim Tebow. Dude, you don't think there's a million people like Xander that are going to do that today in honor of that guy? Tebow, half the room likes him. The other half don't. You know why? I hope it's not because of his religious convictions or because he's white. This is a football player. This is a sports guy. You think it was really um, a freak show that he went with the Mets? Hey, man, if, you could, if I could get an opportunity to be a holder 
in the NFL and play 14 years? I would have. If I could have been a long snapper, I would have. Do you know how many chairs are available for people to play in the NFL? I think people think it's easier than said than done to go out there and make an NFL roster. Dude, when I made an NFL roster, it was one of the highlights of my life. I'm one of the 17,000 people in the history of the 101 years of the NFL that are still alive in this in this time right now. I'm one of them. He's one of them. Well, he didn't have the career that, say, Matthew Stafford had because that was the guy that he battled back and forth with when he was at Georgia Stafford and Tebow was at Florida that had the big rivalry, Georgia-Florida game every year. I could have spent any more time on this, but get over yourselves with Tebow, man. And by the way, all the haters, I mean, I think you fuel the guy even more when you do that. I'd love to see him as a head coach. I really would. I'd love to see him have an opportunity to be a head football coach. Somewhere in the Southeastern Conference, maybe starting out somewhere in the NFL, maybe he goes and joins the Urban Meyer coaching staff one day. I think he has a lot to offer people still. I think, watch this, you want to hear something else about Tim Tebow? I think the best is yet to come for the kid. That's a guy that could run for governor of Florida and probably win. He's the most recognized face in the state of Florida. That guy could do no wrong. You know how Nick Saban runs Alabama right now? Tim Tebow is probably the most recognized face in the state of Florida. That guy could be a political V. He could be a political vehicle for people if he felt like it. Conservative, uh, probably on that side of the aisle. I don't know. I don't know his politics, so I'm not going to speak for him. But man, I saw people on the internet. Oh, the guy sucks. He's no good. White privilege. And I'm like, White privilege. You think white privilege exists in an NFL locker room? My God almighty. You are crazy. There's no racism in an NFL locker room. Nobody cares what your sexuality is. Nobody cares where you're from. Nobody cares what your college background is. Can you play and help us win? You could be from Fund du Lac, Wisconsin University. And if you can play, you'll make the team. Nobody cares. You don't really believe that there's personnel guys that go, well, we got too many black guys on the team. So, you know, we got to make sure we bring more white guys in to try out. That is asinine thinking. Asinine. Do you know who actually does more of the racist talk? It's the media. It's you guys that bring that stuff up. Because nowhere in a locker room is that tolerated or accepted or part of the equation when it comes to constructing a team. Hey, maybe in the 50s and 60s, sure, today, you think Matt Nagy up in Chicago is thinking about black guys on his team, or do you think he's thinking about winning? Hey, can Justin Fields help me if I start him over Andy Dalton? I know we... We promised Andy Dalton that he's going to be the starter on the opening weekend, but maybe we have to reevaluate that. We'll talk more about that. So, again, just to end the Tebow stuff, dude, guy had a great football career. Put it in that context. A football career is college and pro. Altogether, you don't think that was a great college and pro career? Number one draft choice, Heisman Trophy winner, national championship, 
starter on an NFL team, if you don't think that that's success, then guess what? You're on the wrong channel right now. Because that's success to me. That's success. All right. Let's move on here to another Heisman Trophy winner who's in a battle, it looks like. I'll say this to you here. I didn't really believe um, at the beginning of training camp that we would be talking about a quarterback controversy or how about this competition? I think that's better in New England. But it looks like there is now. Bill Belichick was asked this morning if he will name Cam Newton as a starting quarterback moving into the first weekend and into the first half of the NFL season. And Bill said flat out, we're not there yet. You know, I think it's kind of troubling that Belichick doesn't have his quarterback name right now. But obviously what's happened here is Mac Jones, the number one draft choice out of Alabama, has closed the gap more so than what people thought he was going to do. And that's a great thing for Bill and the organization. That kid, Nikhil Harry, has actually started to turn the corner a little bit in Patriots training camp. You're actually seeing the kid that you saw at Arizona State all of a sudden start to really step in because, get this, Mac Jones likes the kid. He's targeting him more. He's getting more separation off the line of scrimmage. Am I saying he's turning it around? Because his first, you know, his first two years in Patriot uniform and Patriot Nation was not very good. Remember what he wanted to at the beginning of training camp? He was talking about having – um you know, conversations about being dealt because he didn't want to be there anymore. Well, that has simmered down because he's actually stepping in and he's actually producing. So Cam Newton, he kind of addressed it. He goes, look, man, I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about picking more of the offense up. Cam has been such a great teammate in that building for Mac Jones. He could be completely an ass pipe in this whole process, but he hasn't been. You see, Cam Newton knows the room. Remember last year what happened with him? I mean, it went all the way up, right, to the last hour where somebody offered him a contract, and it was the Patriots that offered him a contract. He went in for the league minimum. Here was a guy that was making two years ago $17 million a year. Cam was making $17.5 million a year in Carolina. And he went into New England last year for a million bucks. I mean, with incentives, which he did not hit because he didn't have a good year last year, missed some ball games. It was a train wreck of a year financially for him. However, he built up equity in the league, and he built up equity being on the Patriots and being coached by Bill Belichick. I think personally, I don't know how you wouldn't want a guy like Cam Newton on your football team. Let's just hypothetically say Mac Jones ends up winning the starting job in New England. And I think that's where we're rolling here, too. I think if you're Belichick right now and you're looking at Mac Jones, and if it's anything near even, I think you've got to go with the young guy. I said the other day that I didn't really think that the roster was constructed correctly to have Mac Jones be the starter in there, and I'll stick to that. However, what I like about what Mac Jones is doing, he's actually fitting into what the personnel is around him the same way that he fit in to the personnel around him when he was at Alabama. That's a quarterback that knows the room. That's a quarterback that knows, uh, you know, strengths and weaknesses of people that he's playing with in his huddle. 
He's studying from what I'm understanding. People love the fact that he's the first guy in, last guy out. You want to hear that? But once again, I'm not going to give you kudos for that because that's something that's expected of you when you go into that scenario. So I'll give you this. I personally think that we're in a quarterback conversation here when it comes to New England. And that's a really good thing for the personnel department. Now, let's be candid here. If you go back and look at Bill Belichick's draft choices over the last couple of years, I mean, I don't know. Are we sitting here going, man, Bill can really recruit. You know, Bill is a heck of a talent evaluator when it comes to draft choices. I'll tell you where Bill Belichick's strength is. It's more free agents and guys who are later draft picks. Jacoby Bursett, Jimmy Garoppolo, second-round guy. Brady, sixth-round guy. Look what he did with Welker. Made a trade with Miami. Welker was a special teams guy with the Dolphins. Look at Amendola. Look at Edelman. All those guys were like novelty pieces for potentially some other team. I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Edelman was a quarterback in college. And then they transformed him into being a wide receiver. Bill's great at that. Those Chris Hogans of the world. Finding dudes like that that they can plug into their particular system. That's where his strengths are, and no doubt about it, that's how the Patriots have been built. Ladder-round guys. Not really the first-round dudes. Look what they've ended up doing over the last couple of years. I mean, they ended up shipping Chandler Jones away to Arizona. Chandler Jones is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So them getting the Mac Jones pick right is a great thing. So there is a quarterback competition, not controversy, but competition going on in New England now. And that's going to be pretty interesting. I say these next couple weeks because you know this, unlike some of these other coaches, especially Sirianni and Philly, you know, we talked to Howard Eskin yesterday. I'm going to get to the Eagles here in a second. But um, you're going to see a lot of Mac Jones. We saw a lot of them last week. We're going to see a lot more of them because the one thing Bill has to be sure, if you're going to put a rookie in, that he's going to fire as many situational things at him as possible because no game plan is perfect. You know, I, I, I use a war analogy here. You know, when you put an attack in, you put like Normandy or D-Day, things change. The environment changes. Personnel changes. All kinds of things will change your game plan. And you've got to be a guy who knows how to adapt to that one of the greatest things that makes the Patriots great because of Belichick, this guy's the greatest halftime adjuster I've ever seen with any coach on any level. I've never seen anything like it. And their in-game stuff that they do. When it comes to changing what they're doing in their direction, they'll stop immediately on what they're doing in a game plan, and they will just absolutely react differently if they have to. They adjust so well in-game and their halftime adjustments. We, we always say Patriots are always better in the second half. Because they know what you're throwing at them. They go in, they adjust, they'll do it on the sidelines if they can. They're very technically sound as an organization. So I think this competition is really good for both Cam and Mac Jones. Mac Jones is going to be the guy. We're just trying to figure out what the date is when he is going to be the guy in New England. All right. So I want to throw this out. Yesterday we had Howard Eskin on with us. The WIP legend, we talked some Eagles football. Devontae Smith is going through drills. He's probably going to get an opportunity to 
potentially see some playing time. I doubt this week. Maybe they throw him in to a situation. Maybe week three. They want to get this guy to week one, and they want to get him into September. That's where they want to get him, you know, because we're going to find out what kind of football game changer he can be, Devontae Smith, the Alabama wide receiver that now plays with Philly. But here's, you know, I was asked yesterday this question of what I truly see Philadelphia as, as of today, 817. On 817 right now, Philadelphia to me is a 6-11 and football team. Now remember something when I say that to you. A lot of you are going to do this. Osilio's hating on the Eagles. No, because I don't think you understand the dynamics of what 6-11 and are. The difference between being 6-11 and and being a 10-win football team is probably 25 plays. Turnovers. Big plays against you. It's probably 25 plays a game. You know, we were just talking about the Patriots. Patriots won seven games. They easily could have won four games if the ball bounces differently in some of those four games. Cam's healthy. He doesn't have COVID. That could have been an 11-win ball team last year. They got out to a – remember what they did to the Dolphins in the opening week? They ran the ball for over 300 yards against them, right down their throat. And that was going to be a formula that they were going to go through the entire year. And as Cam got better throwing the ball, that was going to be the formula. Injuries came, opt-outs, all of a sudden, before you know it, that was a 7-9 and football team a year ago. But I said that could have – there easily could have been – hey, they were in that Kansas City game at Arrowhead all the way up until the third quarter. They were in that ball game. So – Six and 11, don't go like this. Well, that's a horrible, okay, yes. But they're really not a football team that's got a lot of experience right now. And you're bringing in a new coaching staff, new terminology. You don't think there's people with their head on a swivel right now having to do extra homework because of one factor? This is not the Doug Peterson offense something that they've been doing for the last five years, four years, that's gone by the wayside. They may have implemented and kept some of the things that they were doing over the last couple of years because some of the skill sets and the strengths that some of the players have that were left behind. But don't kid yourself. That, that's like you were speaking Portuguese for the last three years. All of a sudden now you're speaking Russian. That's the difference in playbooks sometimes. I mean, you can't have any more polar opposite when you have different coaching staffs come in. And that's why some guys fit, some guys don't fit. So they're 6-11 and 11 right now. We'll talk more about this, but and I'll give you a little bit more reasoning why. But we're going to switch gears. We're going to have some fun here. We're going to talk to our boy Ice Cube and get his thoughts on Big 3, Raider football. He's back on tour again. He's such a huge football fan. We'll talk to the legendary Ice Cube next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. 
count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show, Dan Cilio. We're going to talk to Ice Cube here in a couple minutes. I was talking to my boy, Krause, before we went on the air about Alabama. The job that they have done with that football program, it does rival what we did at the University of Miami under Howard Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson. And the reason I say that is because, you know, when you lose people like Devontae Smith and you lose Jalen Ramsey and, or excuse me, um, you 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 lose all the players that you have like Mac Mac Jones and you lose Steve Sarkeesian. You lose guys like that, Jalen Waddle, and you have guys that are going to be productive players in the National Football League. And you just got a conveyor belt of players that are behind them, and you don't miss a beat. That's kind of the stuff that we did when we were at Miami back in the day. But this is all under Nick Saban. What is what is Saban's magic? that he does at Alabama that no other place can really duplicate. 
He's a tremendous recruiter. This comes down not to schemes, folks. This comes down to recruiting. This comes down to not missing on guys that when you bring them into your football program, that these guys are all productive. By the way, not everybody gets an opportunity to star at Alabama. Remember, Alvin Kamara, he first went to Alabama. This guy couldn't see the field. He didn't get an opportunity there. He had to go to Tennessee. I mean, not everybody gets that opportunity. Look at look at Jalen Hurts here, man. Jalen Hurts ended up getting beat out by Tua Tagovailoa, and he had to go to Oklahoma, and now he's potentially going to be the starting quarterback and most likely going to be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. So his backup quarterback, get this, Nick Saban will now have three starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. That's telling you impact right there in a nutshell. Three Bama quarterbacks, if you told me that 20 years ago, that Alabama would have three starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, I would say you're crazy because that's not the way Saban wins ball games. The biggest thing that he has done compared to somebody like, say, Don Shula. Remember something under Shula. Don Shula, when he was younger, and he had Larry Zonka and all these guys, and they won those three AFC championship games, and then they won those two Super Bowls. One of those years, they were undefeated. They ran the ball a ton. Bob Greasy did not throw the ball a lot. All of a sudden, fast forward, they end up getting somebody like Dan Marino. What did what did Shula do? He changed directions on how he was going to move the chains because of the personnel that he drafted. He saw the new NFL happening in front of him. Big points. Throwing the ball down the field. Clayton and Duper. Dan Marino. Big numbers. All of that became a major part of it. So what did Don do? He adjusted. This is exactly here what Nick Saban has done. Nick Saban has adjusted. Now he's got three starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'll say this to you too. If you're um, a five-star kid, a four-star kid, and Saban calls you and wants to potentially offer you a scholarship, say you're a skill set guy, wideouts, running backs, they all want to go to Alabama now. This is where they want to go and play football. They want to play at Alabama because they're running spread offenses. And I'll give you, I'll give him even more credit for this. He brings a guy like Lane Kiffin in. Remember that whole thing that happened to Lane on the tarmac when he was in Los Angeles with USC? I mean, it became something that was, you know, a pariah to hire Lane Kiffin. Saban ends up hiring him, puts him on his coaching staff. They changed the entire offense around, and that's why Saban's got three starting quarterbacks, potentially, in the NFL this coming 2021 season. That shows you how he was able to win on the fly. It just shows you how he, as a coach, was not going to just be set in his ways and not going to adjust and adapt to what the environment was around him. He saw college football changing. And get this, the National Football League, in my opinion, may have taken some cues from that. Well, look, Saban's changing. It's no longer three yards in a cloud of dust. Saban's throwing the ball around, and he's spreading people out. And you've got guys like Judy. You've got guys that are game-changing type wide receivers that want to play in Tuscaloosa now. 
Dude, that wasn't something that was fashionable for recruits to want to go to. That's Southeastern Conference football school. The guy who really kind of like changed the room a little bit, it was Spurrier. And that kind of facilitated. And you started seeing more people throw the ball. You started seeing Tennessee throw the ball with Manning. And now you've got Alabama with skill set guys all over the place. That's why they're the number one preseason football team. I put them number two. You know, I got Clemson. I think Clemson's going to be a great football team too. But, man, the secret sauce in Alabama right now is the way that he just goes out and recruits. He does a spectacular job at recruiting and bringing those type of guys in. I think they're going to have another banner year. And Saban is already going to go down as the greatest college football coach that's ever lived. And you could see the coaching that Mac Jones has got. There's no question that before they did a draft pick, there's no doubt that Saban had numerous conversations with Bill Belichick about the potential and about the upside of what Mac Jones could potentially bring as a starting quarterback. You know, he saw all the deficiencies, but I'll tell you what you did see. You saw a guy that knew how to get the ball and move the ball around. And that was something that had to be the same way that when they had Tom Brady in New England. They wanted a guy who was smart at the position. They wanted a guy who was tough at the position. They wanted a guy who was going to be able to be a leader in that huddle and, most importantly, in that locker room. Mac Jones has actually closed the gap more than I thought he was going to close the gap. I personally think, again, that's why we're we're seeing that quarterback battle here. I think Cam Newton has been, like I said a couple minutes ago, I think Cam Newton has been an absolute, just a brilliant teammate for him. There's been no animosity. From what I understand, he's actually helping him because I I tell you, one of the biggest things that a young football player has to find and has to get into when he makes it and gets to an NFL team, you know what that is? You have got to get into a position where you get into a routine. You know, when when I went and I went with the Cowboys and I had a guy like Ed Tutal Jones and I saw how Ed handled his career. I saw how Ed Tutal Jones did something for 17 years. And it was like he had a routine. There was a routine that he got into. Every young player, when you walk into an NFL locker room, you've got to get into that routine. All right. As advertised, one of our friends and we are so thankful to be able to bring our friend in here, Ice Cube. And Cube, I got to start it out by saying this. We had Amy Trask yesterday, and Amy was like, you know, it was all good yesterday. And she's like, I threw it out to her, man. Big three basketball is having a great start to the year. You got to be awful proud. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's great. We coming down the stretch. Um, we last week got an eight uh Eight-week regular season and then a two-week playoff. So the jockeying for position is going to be final four to make it to the um, It's going to be some nose games this week. I got to say to you, Cube, it's been really competitive, and it's been really awesome watching it. I mean, have you been surprised a little bit on how tight the games have been and how competitive the games have been? Um, 
you know, I, I looked at our, you know, our athletes in the combine, the guys who were for the league and everybody, everybody to the physicality and the big threes. I seen a lot of people ready to go. I seen the best draft that we had. So, you know, I knew that was going to be a very competitive year. And you, the the, t- the top, and that's kind of midway, two shots of being the round. Um, you know, teams lost by uh, small margins this year. Yeah, so it's cool to see the the league getting there, the competition. Not easy to get a win in the big three, and that's great. Oh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. And on top of that, Cube, I mean, you're seeing talent level. Every year that you have this thing going, the talent level's increasing, isn't it? And like you just got through saying, too, one of the things that I love about it, these guys are now – been given a vehicle that you're not going to let their brand die. And these guys know that because of social media, because there's now opportunities to make revenue, but keeping that brand alive, there's something to play for now, isn't it? I mean, it's just not, again, everybody wants to win championships too, but this is a great vehicle on keeping brands going. Oh, without, you know, I think, you know, we have a lot of guys you know, not only our Hall of Fame coaches, but uh, but players who've been uh, jobs, the media, or, you know, in the NBA, uh, coaches. I mean, people are coming, our athletes, because their profile has, you know, high with the big so it's very cool you know and seeing younger guys getting into the league you know smart young guys are impressive um so you know that's great too to be able to show guys who might have been look um and show that they can play at a high level so uh, it's been great all the way around for everybody cube how is uh, the pandemic Cube, how has the pandemic slowed you guys down a little bit here? Let's see if we can get a better connection here. I'd like to finish up here a little bit here. Let's see if we can get a better connection here. We're kind of skipping in and out here a little bit. Um, Yeah, let's see if we can get a better connection here because I I got a couple more questions that I want to ask guys, Cube, here because we're kind of going in and out a little bit here. So let's see. But Big Three has been – and what I love about what he's done – he has made it so that these basketball players, and I, I, I tell you what, this is what I'm also hoping for spring football with the XFL and with what The Rock has done. I'm hoping that players eventually will be able to do this, expand and extend their football careers. And that's kind of what this big three has done. Now, again, you know, you're talking about you know veteran guys and older guys and you're talking about football, it's a completely different sport. It's no question about it. You got 
guys that are probably going to be too banged up by the end of their careers to go into the spring here and do anything. However, this is what this big three has done. And then with the advent of having three-on-three basketball at the Olympic Games, I mean, no question about it, I think that that has also made it so that you're going to be able to look at big three basketball. I, I, I talked to Sean McManus, you know, a couple months ago when we had him right here on the program, he's the chairman of CBS sports. And he was saying that he loves it. And the advertisers have fallen in love with it. People like Microsoft have gotten behind it. People like, you know, all types of advertisers are now getting more involved with big three basketball here. So make no mistake about it. This is one of the things here that Cube wanted because when he first started it, we had him on the program a couple um, years ago and he was on our, our radio show and he was talking about, look, I'm going to put this thing out there and we're going to see where it ends up going. Then the pandemic hit. They were able to weather through all of that and they were able to go through and they had to shut it down last year. They've come back even stronger. I watched some of the games this last weekend, and they were awful competitive. And on top of that, from what I understand also, the championships are now going to be held in the Bahamas too. So, I mean, this is becoming a gigantic league for a lot of the NBA guys. You know, I would I would make the comparison to, you know, the PGA Tour. You're seeing Phil Mickelson now on the senior tour. This is kind of cool here, man. So let me get let me bring Q back in here. Hey, Q, let me throw this at you here too. I saw Microsoft is now involved in Big Three. You got to be awful proud of that as well. Oh, without a doubt, man. We got some great sponsors. You know, Microsoft. Uh, we did um, our draft in their Microsoft Lounge here in LA. Um, we were able to to get out. Um, their technology to our draft picks. We did a virtual draft, so it was kind of cool uh, to be able to do it over the internet using their technology. We're using it in the arena. They're doing great with our Young 3 program. So it's great. You know, we have some great sponsors this year, uh, which is cool. We added at least 12 to 13 new sponsors. It seems to me, too, and I, I watched some of the games last weekend. They're so competitive and Cube, have you been shocked coming out of the pandemic after taking a hiatus last year on how the games have been so far so competitive? I mean, the league just picked up, and to me, I think it's better than it was when you guys first initially opened. Without a doubt. You know, guys are ready to play. Uh, they know what to expect. You know, like I said about the physicality, uh, it's, it's a league that's, that's going, you know, is trending in the right direction, as they say. So we're we very proud. We're coming down to the stretch to see who's going to be the 2021, 20, you know, big three champion. Bahamas? Is that where we're holding the title? <laughs> yeah, Bahamas are bust, baby. You know, uh, we got four teams that's going to make it there to play in the playoffs and then the championship game and our, um, you know, um, you know, our third place game. So guys are fighting to get there for sure. <laughs> I'd be fighting to get there, too. Hey, am I right? Did I see that you're going back on tour? I saw a date for Green Bay, and I saw a couple things now. So you're feeling pretty cool now that you're going to get back out there on tour? Oh, yeah. You know, we're ready to do it. 
you know, we can't be scared of this uh, this thing our whole life. We gotta we gotta get back to what we do and what we do best. You know, put it in the Lord's hands and let's go. All right. So wait a minute now, Torin. Now I saw you like I told you before. I saw you in Delmar. Torin or making movies. Torn. Really? Why? It's fun. You know what I mean? You have more fun. It's me on stage, you know, getting direct feedback from the fans. So that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Hey, a couple questions on the Raiders here. Fans are now mm -hmm. going to be able to go into. Are you going to make it to any Raider games, Cube? I'm going to try to. You know, I got a lot going on right now. So I had to plug in my phone. But, gotcha, uh, man. you know, I got a lot going on. So, you know, I'm going to try to make it out there. Uh, you know, it's Raider Nation on mine forever. Finally on the Raiders here. Gruden's got to win this year, no? Uh, what you mean by win? You mean have a winning record, uh, go deep into the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. You know, that's what we want every year. Um you know, I mean, we, 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 of course, want them to win the Super Bowl, but, you know, progress is what we need. You know, we need this team uh, going in the right direction and, um, you know, better than we was last year. That's all. That's right, man. All right, Cube, you got any dates coming up? By the way, big three basketball this week, right? And do you have any dates coming up there when it comes to your touring? Um. Well, you know, I got I got big three on my mind so much. So you're gonna have to hit the website. Uh, we're gonna be in Tucson on uh, September 11th. Um, we got a few more dates coming up, but right now I just got my head in the big three. Um, I'm staying focused on that. We got this last week coming up on Saturday. Uh, you know, one o'clock Eastern on uh, CBS. Check us out. We got a couple of games on. Triller and Fight TV after our CBS game. So check us out this weekend, man. See where they match up. Follow us for this last three weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, put some of that money down, man, if you want to bet on, <laughs> on the big three, man. Our, our games are very competitive. They over in an hour. You know what I mean? So put a little money on the big three. Why not? Why not, man? I'm going to do it, man. Hey, Cube, I'm gonna, I, I have a request from The Rock. From Ed Reed and from Warren Sapp, I want. Could you please shoot us to you for the Hurricane Nation? I'm going to post this on the website here. Can you shoot to you for us? I'm going to have to take a picture because I'm holding my phone. I can't hold up two hands <laughs> at the same time. Do me you know a favor. Can you? You do me a little you. The little you don't work really. Do it. I don't, don't want to do the little you. You know, so that ain't that ain't really the best. You know what I mean? So. We're we'll gonna, take we're gonna, it, we're man. We're going to wait till I can do the big U. Yeah, hey, text me if you can because I'm going to post it on um, I'm gonna post it on the Canes website. Cube, thank you so much for stepping in with us, man. I appreciate it this weekend, Big 3 Basketball. Amy Trask made sure I had to say hi to you. She was on with us yesterday. Thank you so much, brother. Anytime, man. You know, hit me up, uh, and uh, we can always do this. Thank you for supporting uh, the Big 3. And uh, – Hey, like I said, man, three weeks left in the season. You know what I mean? Hang out with us and, uh, you know, see some real basketball, man, for stakes. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're playing for stakes. Absolutely. Thank you, Cube. I appreciate it, man. What a great dude, man. I love it, man. Very cool. Very cool. All right. We'll take a brief time out.
I got a little of you out of it, at least. That's all good, man. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. Dan Cilio. That was cool having Ice Cube on. Having a little fun, right? Cube in the house. So I got a little you out of him, didn't I? Right? I got a little you out of him. Let's see if he texts me that, because I will post that out there. I got a request from all the boys, and they said maybe you can get him to shoot the you, man. We got Snoop Dogg to do it once. So let's see if we can get Ice Cube to shoot the you, man. So all good. All right. Um, oh, Jason Cole, top of the hour. We'll go around the National Football League, and we'll throw the storylines out at him. And by the way, I was reading some comments over here, and I agree with you, man. 
Big Three was a genius idea. Just really, it was a genius idea, him coming up with that. And he did it so he could like expand their brands, make money off it, make these guys get an opportunity to be able to make some dough, you know, post-NBA career. So I think it's been absolutely spectacular in what they've been able to do. That's this weekend. They have the games all weekend long, and they're going to have the championships in the Bahamas. I've been invited a couple times up to Los Angeles to um, to um, a couple of the tournaments by Ice Cube, and we just haven't gone up there because of COVID stuff. So we look forward to getting around there, and I'm glad to see that he's back on tour, man. Going to an Ice Cube concert, you know, we went to a couple of them. I've gone to a couple of them. I've been invited by him. And, you know, what's funny. Back in the day, I was working security for a guy by the name of Luther Campbell. And back then, Ice Cube was with NWA, obviously, right? So they would come down and they would see Uncle Luke. They'd do these concerts. These guys would all get arrested. It was crazy. And here I am, some Italian kid, was working security for, like, Two Live Crew and for NWA. <laughs> And I will say this to you, man. That movie straight out of Compton. Let me say this to you. That dude that plays Easy E, I mean, is spot on. When I saw that guy playing Easy E, I was like, holy crap, man. That was great, great stuff. So anyway, all right. Hope you enjoyed that. By the way, if you missed it, I know the connection at the beginning wasn't all good. But I think you can kind of you know, make through it. And especially the second half was a lot better when we got him on the phone there. So you can go over to the Jacob media channel, national football show. All right. You know, I'm, I'm, there's another quarterback that's also starting to make some noise where he potentially could be the opening day starter. Now I'm going to do something here that you traditionally don't hear on the radio or on one of these type of shows. Here's what happens. Colin Coward. Skip Bayless. Look how, okay, let me say this to you. I know a lot of people don't like LeBron. I'm not that big a fan of LeBron James. Okay? However, you cannot deny the guy's greatness. You can't keep denying that he's won four NBA championships. You, you can't deny that. He's won NBA championships on three different basketball teams. He's a finals MVP on three different basketball teams. Come on, man. Skip saying that he's not one of the great game-changing players is preposterous. You lose credibility when you say that, and you just come off as hating. I don't know LeBron James from a can of paint. I don't hate the guy. I hate some of the mannerisms and some of the ego stuff that he does, but he's been a great ambassador to the sport. So I'll tell you where I'm going with this. So I said this about Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback, now with the Bears. Why Why am I to believe that that guy is going to be some superstar football player when Ohio State has never, in the history of that program, produced an NFL quarterback that you would consider a star or consider a player that has ever led a team in the NFL consistently. Mike Tomzak, I don't know. I mean, I don't look at Mike Tomzak as being some arch schleister. I mean, we're talking about players you probably have never even heard of. So, I mean, 
that program has never produced anything. And when I saw him playing against Northwestern and I saw him playing against Indiana, saw a couple picks, I thought he played well in the semifinal game. However, I'm going to say this to you. I, I, I was not a fan of the draft choice. Got to say this. After last weekend, I thought he moved around in the pocket well. I thought he showed poise. I thought he moved laterally well, trying to create passing lanes. And Matt Nagy now has an issue because remember what they did at the beginning of training camp? They went and said this, that Andy Dalton was going to be the starting quarterback going into the upcoming season. And now, a press conference today, Nagy's going like this. Well, you know, it's a lot closer than we think. He is going to play in September. When I heard that, well, if he's going to play in September, why not start him in September? If it's – if look – Andy Dalton does not have – if you look actually at Andy Dalton's records and you look and you compare them to Dak Prescott, they're pretty comparable. I know that sounds crazy. And we're not talking about the Cowboys in Cincinnati. We're talking about a very frugal organization. And the Cincinnati Bengals that does not like to spend a lot of money. So Dalton winning games in Cincy, that's a big deal. Now, is Andy Dalton going to be a guy – that's going to lead a football team to a Super Bowl? Is he better than Trent Dilfer? I don't know, but I don't think you have a ball. I don't think you have a Baltimore Ravens defense in Chicago. I think they're good, but I don't think they're Baltimore Ravens good. So I would say this to you. Okay. If it's close, we're going to ask our friend Jason Cole this question. Start him. All right. We're going to take a brief timeout. We're going to catch up with Jason our NFL Hall of Fame voter, our NFL insider, and we'll go all around the league with him. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. It's your boy, Dan Cilio. We're going to catch up with our friend Jason Cole here in a minute, Pro Football Hall of Fame insider and Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. So much to get to. And you know what I love about it, too? You're seeing a lot of storylines where you're seeing a lot of young football players that are getting an opportunity. Mac Jones up in New England or maybe Justin Fields in Chicago. But I want to bring my next guest in. And he wrote this book here. A Relentless Life, John Elway. Make sure you get it, Amazon. Okay. Right there, right there. Elway. And by the way, it's got pictures in it too. This was very imperative that for me to get the book from Jason, that we have, see there's pictures. See, this is where I initially go to right away. Oh, look at the pictures. There's Stanford. There's John playing Stanford <laughs> baseball. <laughs> see, and, 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 then, and then I go to the beginning of the book, and then I went, holy cow, Peter King said something. No, look at this. Okay. And so, you know. Pictures pictures first, words second. Oh, absolutely. That's my mantra. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Anybody who likes the movie, um, like Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights, it calls it an Oscar movie like I do. Um, that to me just tells you all you need to know about Dan Cilio, correct? Yes. Yeah, you're big, Marissa Tomei, uh, uh, yes. Paisana, and yeah. uh, you know, and my cousin Vinny. That's that's your that's what you're working with. Oh, that's those those are iconic movies compared to Deer Hunter and compared to Apocalypse Now. Those are just yeah, that that the lines the the whole courtroom scene and my cousin Vinny really yes. compares to two shots. One is, you know, never mind. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love the fact that Herman Munster is the is the judge. I mean, I'm all good here. All right, let's get it. Hey, by the way, mm-hmm. our boy um, Ice Cube loved the uh, cred, street cred. He goes, I think I've built up enough street cred. <laughs> so he was just on with us, and he was like, hey, tell Jason thanks for the street cred, but um, I think I've built it up. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I said, um, Cole is from the wood, North Hollywood, and uh, – and Cube is from the hood. So, the yeah. wood. <laughs> yeah, right. The wood. All right, let's get into this. Let's okay. get into this here. Okay. Are you shocked? I heard today Belichick 
when he was asked the question if Cam's going to be the starting quarterback moving forward in New England, he goes, and I'm paraphrasing this here, Jace. He's like, we're not there yet. And Mm -hmm. that leads you to believe that Mac Jones has closed that gap and had a really good week. And from what I'm hearing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lead myself to believe anything based on anything that Belichick says. I mean, this is the same guy who refused to like, remember the whole, we're on to Cincinnati thing where he refused to Mm. talk about, you know, he didn't, he didn't even want to participate in it. Like he thinks these sometimes in his mind, I'm not saying that this is a case. Okay. Cause I don't know. All right. Cause ultimately Mac Jones is going to be their quarterback, assuming he doesn't fall on his face. Right. Right. That's going to happen. But, but there are times where Belichick just, you know, in his, in his mind, like, I can't even entertain this conversation. So I'm not going to, I'm not even going to participate in it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dignify it with a response. And that was on to Cincinnati. I don't know that this qualifies as that, but I know that that's what happens in Belichick's mind. And that might be the situation. So that's why I don't really, I take everything he says with a certain grain of salt and base it on what has he said in the past. And how does he react in the past? And is that like this? And I think that it's kind of absurd that he would go into this season with Mac Jones as quarterback, given all the moves that they made on defense during the offseason to build this into a contender, right? That's yeah. that's where that's where I have a problem. There's a, consi- a logic consistency that's lacking here if you spend a lot of money to make this team competitive. I, I say this to you too, Jason. Maybe, I don't know where you... Well, you fall on this side here, but you know, the team currently right now is constructed to run the ball and play defense, which means you may not have the great and their strength right now is running the football in new England. So Mm -hmm. it's more in the lane of cam Newton being your starting guy than having a seven step guy. I mean, Nikhil Harry looks like maybe he's turning the corner, the Arizona state wide out. I don't know. I mean, Supposedly he's having a better camp, but uh-huh. it just looks like that team is more constructed today for Cam, and maybe the future is constructed for Mac Jones. Am I right when I say that? Well, yeah, but that's because they had to construct the team before they knew what they were getting in the draft, right? You don't know. You're, you're playing the so ball. So you don't think that they had a preconceived notion that they were going to take a quarterback in the draft? No. I, don't I agree. Think that, I, I don't think that Belichick – I, agree. I think Bel- I think that when the right quarterback that he would he would believe in was there, he took him. Um, but I don't think they went. In- See, I don't think that they went into March into their building process, going, "We know we're going to have this quarterback out of the draft, and we're going to do these things to transition to the next quarterback." They did it assuming that Cam was the quarterback and that they could win games now, and they felt confident in their team right now. Um, and that a lot of guys were going to come back and that once Mac Jones fell into their lap, essentially, or, you know, fell to where he probably should be drafted anyways. Right. Um, they said, okay, that we're going to play this one and take the quarterback and take the best value. And if we get there, we get there. Like if we get to Mac Jones sooner than later, okay, then we do that. If we have to play cam, you know, for this season to give ourselves the best chance to win. We'll do that too. So he can go either way. I agree 100% with you. I didn't think that they were targeting a quarterback at that position and it. It fell to them there. I want to get some news in your neck of the woods there. Now, look, I, I, 
I'm a Tim Tebow fan of a football career. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not saying NFL career, pro career. I'm talking about the whole thing here. Did Urban Meyer have to make this move immediately to save face inside the locker room, you think, with the other players that were trying to earn positions, knowing that that guy was not going to make the football team? You had to make a tough cut. Maybe Meyer earns a little credibility with some of the veteran guys that are in that locker room, or do you think I'm overthinking this? I don't know that he earns any credibility. I think that he just sort of it, – it, it's maintained. Like, you don't get credit for – you don't <laughs> get credit for cutting a guy who doesn't belong. That's obvious. <laughs> what, what does is it counts against you if you keep a guy who doesn't belong. If you keep – you know, you're just like – it's like you're holding serve. You had to do this to hold and serve. Not like everybody's, oh, yeah, look at Urban. He cut his guy and – it's like they're looking around going, dude doesn't belong. And he probably said that during during the offseason. But because it's the 90 guys and nobody re- really remembers the guy 54 through guy 90, you can get away with it for a little while, but you can't keep going down that path. And it, look, it's just obvious. I, I don't blame him for bringing in Tim to see what it, what he could get out of him. But when it's obvi- when it's painfully obvious he can't play, yeah, you got to let him go. And you guys say, I'm not going to play favorites at this point in time because now it matters. And that, I don't think that earns you respect. It just maintains it. Yeah, you know, I think you're dead on. I, You know, the way you put it, you put it like everybody, why am I thanking you for not robbing a bank? You know what I'm saying? Right, I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, you know, it's like Parcells, you know, like when people go, well, how did I do? He goes, what, do you want me to congratulate you for doing your job? <laughs> <laughs> right, like, basically, you know, what yeah, Meyer do your job, did. yeah, do it, do what you're supposed to do. You know, you don't get an attaboy for that. So, yeah, I don't think they, I don't think that Urban gets an attaboy. He gets a okay. You did what you're supposed to do. Let's move on. That's right. All right, Justin Fields. I got to say this to you. You know, Matt Nagy's in a position here because you hear him raving about him. And by the way, Jace, mm-hmm. I don't think you can. I, I, I think you can learn some things about preseason. I don't say you weigh into how the team's going to look, but you can look at some of the things, and you could start to form an opinion how a coach is going to handle the sideline, how he's going to potentially use this particular player, who he's evaluating, what kind of style. There's things that you could see in the, in the preseason, especially with a coach who's on the hot seat here. And I got to tell you, I was impressed with Justin Fields last week. I thought he moved around well. I thought he commanded the pocket well. Um, again, it's preseason football. The score doesn't count, but I think his effort counts. And if you're Matt Nagy, do you stick to your guns and start um, Andy Dalton? Or do you really look about you know ways to try to get him in September? Or do you just start the kid? In September, I'm talking Justin Fields in Chicago. I think there look, there are a lot of things that weigh into this decision that have very little to do with what happened in the first game. I don't take preseason games at all seriously in terms of whether a guy should start or not, because it's not a true competition. And you and I both know that the guys that he played against last week most of those guys are either not going to be in the league or they're going to be sitting on the bench, right? Um, And you also know that there was no game planning that was done. There was nobody studying Justin Fields to say, okay, what does he do poorly 
that we're going to now force him to do, right? And I I tweeted this out over the weekend. Like, I, back in 2017, there was a terrific young rookie quarterback. And this doesn't have anything to do with Justin Fields specifically. It's generally about no. rookie quarterbacks. But down, back in 2017, there was a, this terrific young rookie quarterback who went 18 and 25, 166 yards, touchdown pass, no interceptions, ran the ball three times for 38 yards. Mitch Trubisky is not a starter, right? Like that, that was no indication that he was going to become a great player. Okay, just because he had one nice night in a preseason game in first week. Let's see more. Now, the critical question in practice that you see more and more, and I think the one comment coming out of Justin Fields that I, made me sit up and take notice is the game didn't overwhelm him in terms of the speed of the game. Because you and I both know this game is based on how fast you react. I don't care if you can run around. Okay, that's nice. It helps. It's not critical, okay? I don't make my like I'm not going to make you know a difference because you can run for a thousand yards at quarterback. That doesn't help me a lot. I want to know: Can you make decisions on third and nine that get the ball to the right receiver to make crucial plays? Okay, and once I think you can do that, then I'll feel more confident. Like Zach Wilson made a really nice play on a third and nine to Keelan Cole. It was a really nice play. Now again, it was man coverage, no zone. No blitz on a third and nine, you know, no duress, but he saw the play in traffic. It was a nice play. So I, I was a, a little bit more impressed by that one pass than anything I saw from any of the young quarterbacks, not just, just Justin Fields. So all I'm saying is I'm not saying that Justin Fields won't start this year, but I'm not making that decision based on this first preseason game. I just, I'm just not. I'm not. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And then, like you said, with Zach Wilson, you know, one thing about Zach, I'll talk a little more about him here in a second, but, you know, he made all the throws. He made an out throw. He made a seam throw. I mean, you know, he looks a little small in the pocket, but he does have a gun. Small, here. small in the pocket worries me a lot. Yeah, he looks a little tiny in the pocket, so we may have to get back to a nine-step like, nine like Breeze and Russell Wilson, but he showed me he can make the throws, Jace. You know what I mean? I mean, sure, sure. He, he's, he's got he's, the arm. Yeah, He's got some arm. I just, again – I've seen a lot of young quarterbacks come out and in that in the preseason before anybody's done any work, you know, because you know on the other side, what are guys working on the first game? They want to see how guys react in right. situations. They want to know do they know their assignments? Do right. they are they carrying out the basic stuff that we have taught them here this all offseason and in the early part of camp? They don't really care, like, okay, these guys specialize in this play, and we've really got to be looking at this. That's not what the preseason is about. It's about your own guys, not about a plan of attack against the other guys. No, it's a base defense, especially in the first two preseason games. And now that there's only three, there may be a dress rehearsal in, in, in the second one, but I highly doubt it. But I want to throw this at you, Jace. You know, I, I'm hearing a lot more – from beat writers and from coaches that are at these controlled scrimmages, like the Eagles and the Patriots are this week, they're practicing and they've got these controlled scrimmages and <laughs> you're not seeing a lot of the starters now, especially with the younger coaches. Um, like he, Sean McVay said, that he's not even going to put Matthew Stafford in the exhibition season because they're starting to get more out of these controlled scrimmages where they're scrimmaging other teams during the week yeah. and they can have more of a hand on it. You think that's where they're really getting more towards as 
stuff uh, like oh. that because the exhibition season, we're not seeing a lot of these guys that are going to be the frontline guys any longer. No, and I've I've said this all along. Like, if the NFL wanted to go to two preseason games, like you get a home and away, right? Just to get some guys, get some get get your young guys some experience under lights, right? You want to see them under lights in a big situation, right? Just get them used to that, right? And if you did the rest of scrimmages, you know, one or two scrimmages against other teams where you, everything is controlled and you got in, like that's perfect. You can go to 18 games with two scrimmages. That's going to happen in 10 yeah. years. And even maybe even one day they'll get down to one preseason game and you alternate that preseason game, you know, you know, home or away or something like that. But yeah, they're going to, if, if you can't have a preseason game, you're going to want something that's close to live situations that tells you, okay, how does this guy do when we put pads on and how do they hit? Do they like it? Because that you know that that's look, it's the old thing. Do you like the punishment that goes with the game? That determines the difference between a guy who's a great athlete and a guy who's a football player. Do you like do you like it? And you can't tell that in this offseason stuff. It just doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. I got two more questions for you here, Jace. Trey Lance, I saw him play, gave up four he, he had four sacks on him, which is tunnel mm -hmm. vision, which is Normal for a young player. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't see the whole field right away, especially with somebody that's been so limited. I looked it up. In the last two years, he's had 25 completions from North Dakota State to what he did this past weekend. And I think he was something like 4 of 15 or something like that. He had that one huge play. But, boy, I'll tell you, and like you said, I'm not going to go knee deep into something here. But, man, I got to tell you, Third pick in the draft, that's going to be some project there for them. Uh, they could say all the things they want about him and those controlled scrimmages, but what I saw on the field, I saw a guy that's got a lot of tunnel vision, and maybe it's because of reps. I'm saying it probably is. Lynch and Kyle Shanahan know 10 times more than I do on evaluating a quarterback. I'm not going to go down that route and question it, but I'm just saying from what I saw. I don't know 10 times, but whatever. But, yeah. I, I, but from what I saw, I went like this, Jace. I don't know. I I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. I would say, look, this is a guy who hasn't had a lot of experience, and so yeah, yeah they took a big swing on a guy with the number three overall pick. And let's just say this: Kyle Shanahan may only get one chance to be a head coach in this league, right? And this yeah. may be what determines it. Now, I think that he'll probably get more than one chance if this doesn't work in San Francisco. But people are going to look at him. If if Trey Lance doesn't work out, people go back and go, okay, explain to me what you thought here. You invested, you traded up and gave up all sorts of assets to get in position to take this guy, and he didn't work out. Explain that to me. Certainly, if nothing else, he's never going to have a hand in personnel again if this right, doesn't right. work, right? So, you know, this is a this is a big move for him. And in a lot of sense. People talk about Josh McDaniels a lot, right? It's taken Josh McDaniels a long time to come back from being from a head coaching position. I know that there's an associated cheating scandal that went with it, and there have been some opportunities for him to be a head coach since. But I think a lot of people probably go back and say, so explain to me the Tebow, the Tebow draft, to take this back to where we started, 
and explain to me the the trading the first round pick for the cornerback who you cut a year later. I want to know what went into the thinking uh, on that and why it why it is I should allow you to run my organization again um, and be my head be my head coach and have any say in personnel. That would be a really critical thing for McDaniel's. It certainly will be a big one for Kyle Shanahan if this doesn't work. Finally here, um, I know you know this friend of mine from the San Diego Union Tribune. His name is Nick Canepa. And, uh-huh. he wrote a, and he wrote a story. He's a former, I believe, former Hall of Fame voter. Uh-huh. And he wrote a story saying the only reason that Paul Tagliabue got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame was because they came up with a blue ribbon committee and they created a door for him. He said, nobody in their right mind that are the people that I know would have ever voted Paul Tagliabue into the pro football hall of fame. What says you Jason on this? Because we all know that to me, I tweeted out, I thought it was embarrassing that he was standing up there on that stage with those players. And he was a guy that had a rheumatologist in charge of head trauma. And I mean, he did everything. He, he said it was a media made story when it came to CTE. I'm just curious on a guy who is in that room on how you feel about that guy being in the pro football hall of fame. I think Nick is a great writer. I think Nick Canepa is one of the finest columnists in America. <laughs> We're leaving it there, I think. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey. Okay, let's just say this. No, I get the, no, no, no. I, I know when uh, – see, when an Italian gets a – okay, an osmosis move. Okay. <laughs> oh, you mean the guy from the guy that we know the guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, I, I'm a good tea leaf reader. Yes. Jason. That made <laughs> thank you very much for that little tidbit there. By the way, my God, even more so. Has to be another plug for the book here. <laughs> Please make sure you go to Amazon, A Relentless Life. And Peter King, this is what he wrote. Jason Cole delivers the goods the way Elway delivered the ball from NBC Sports. Please make sure you get it, A Relentless Life. My friend. My relationship with you means a lot to me. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you later. You got it. That is Jason Cole. We'll take a brief time out. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. 
welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Pretty much all I needed to know from Jason Cole on Paul Tagliabue. It was criminal that he is a gold jacket member now. The former commissioner of the NFL, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that he was on that stage with those players and that the commissioner of the NFL intervened to get him into the Hall of Fame because he owed him. Jason Cole, just like every other Hall of Fame voter that for decades votes coaches, contributors, and players, obviously, into that hallowed place, they had to come up with a secret blue ribbon. By the way, did you ever notice how weird that whole thing was when Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson were told that they were going into the Hall of Fame. So wait a minute. You let television networks know that somebody was being elected to the Hall of Fame before the player? Or the coach? Why would a television network need to know that Jimmy Johnson or Bill Cower were elected to the Hall of Fame before the people that were elected to the Hall of Fame because you wanted it to make a television show out of it. So then that hurts the credibility of people that go in. What are you doing? If, by the way, I'm not suggesting 
them to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not suggesting that at all in any way. What I am suggesting is the process that we're talking about here. I had a problem with the process here. So you tell television networks, and then we find out you put Paul Tagliabue into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. How absolutely absurd that is that you would do something so criminal like that. That was my thoughts. And Nick Canepa wrote a really great column in the San Diego Union Tribune. You should check it out. I posted it on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio Show. How in the hell did you ever let that guy into the Hall of Fame? That guy had nothing good to say about the players and the CTE. All the players that committed suicide, all the guys that had brain trauma issues, he didn't believe it. He actually said it was made up. And he's a Hall of Famer. He looked out for the best interest of the players. Criminal that that guy's in the Hall of Fame. All right. So my friend Ken just dropped a note to me here. Said that the Eagle defense is looking good so far in training camp. And it could be something that, you know, this could be a precursor to the upcoming season. Well, here's, I I told you earlier what I see for the Eagles this year. The Eagles are a six and 11 football team. Now here's what, if you want to change that around, you're not going to be an 11 win. That team is not an 11 win team. That team is not a 10 win team. That team is not a nine win team. Do you, you know, the, Things that have to go right for you to be above 500 in the NFL. So many things have to go right. Now, you are in a division where you can potentially win some of these very close games if you get the proper bounce. War of attrition could end up being a factor for the Giants or Washington, right? Or Dallas, for that matter, like it was a year ago. Nobody thought Dallas was not going to be a football team without a head when they ended up losing Dak Prescott. You know, they they lost Dak, and that thing was all over the joint, right? So that all can happen. But right now, the way the team was constructed, your, your linebackers had to be replaced. Your secondary had issues. So once again, I look back at it and say, okay, there's too many question marks, and the quarterback is still a question mark. So think about it for a minute. Your running game, here, let's – Let's put this down on paper here for the Eagles here for a second. And I'll tell you what their grade point average is. What do you think their offense is right now? A through F. What do you think? What do you think their what do you think their their offense is right now? If you had to put a grade on it, what do you think it is? A D? A C. Let's go C. We'll be optimistic here. We'll say a C, okay? I mean, they've got some skilled guys at the wideout position. I think the quarterback's going to be able to get him the football. I don't know how consistency, how consistently he's going to be able to do that. But let's just do this, the offense. We'll just give it an over across the board to see, okay? What do you make of their defense? That's a D. Their defense is a D. D plus. Linebackers had to be replaced. Secondary can't get people on the ground. That's a D. How about their special teams? Okay. Their special teams, they're not going to put Devontae Smith on special teams. What? Another D. How about their coaching? Incomplete, I don't know. 
So we're talking about C minus D plus stuff here. That's not a nine win football team. Now, could things break their way? Absolutely. Could guys step up on the defensive side? We see it every year. Schedule's going to be a little lighter. The division's going to be a little better. Not a lot better, but a little better. So you've got to be able to look at what you have right now. And again, that defense, you, you say to me, well, the defense will be a little bit better. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's move on here. Another guy that's impressed me so far, um, and I will tell you this, and, and, and again, I agree with Jason Cole here. I'm not going to get too crazy over exhibition week one. I'm not going to get too crazy over exhibition week two, three, I think we're only playing three games this year. I think four because Steelers and Cowboys played the Hall of Fame game. But to me, I'm not going to get too crazy over it. But I will say this. Guys who have struggled look a little better. Okay? Drew Locke, who I think is a bum in Denver. I think the kid's a bum. However, I saw him play a pretty good football game last week. I saw him find receivers. You know, they bring Teddy Bridgewater in. And I'll say this to you, too. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be very consistent when you bring a guy like that into your locker room, when you bring a guy like that into your huddle. He's going to bring a lot of professionalism, and he's going to show Drew Locke, in my opinion, what it takes to prepare. Remember something about Bridgewater when he came out of Louisville, and he was drafted, and he was in Minnesota. Bridgewater, before that catastrophic injury that he had up in Minneapolis, this guy was a Pro Bowl quarterback. Minnesota loved the kid. Teams like Washington and everybody tried to make a trade for him, and he was a heck of a football player, and it looked like he was trending up where he was going to be the face of that franchise. And Mike Zimmer and all those guys, Chris Spielman, his brother, Rick Spielman, who's the general manager of the football team, they loved the guy. You know, Chris Spielman... Rick's brother used to come on my show all the time and go, man, Rick really loves this kid, man. He's really a good football player. And then he ends up getting injured. And obviously that set the whole thing back. He ends up going to New Orleans. And what happens? Sean Payton teaches him and shows him how to construct game plans, helps him how to handle huddles. And there's no question right now, Teddy Bridgewater, if he was still in New Orleans right now, he'd be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints and not Jameis Winston going into 2021. And that gimmick guy that they have, Tyson Hill, might be dealt. Teddy can play, okay? I thought what he had last year when they gave him that contract in Carolina, I thought for sure that Teddy was going to be able to go down there and move the sticks. Well, what happened in the process? Christian McCaffrey went down. They were reconstructing the entire offense. There's really no skill set guys at wide receiver down there in Carolina. Teddy was basically given a football team that was going through a transition, and they lost the best running back in the NFL in Christian McCaffrey. And so when they lost Christian McCaffrey, I mean, that set everything back. So he never really got a chance. Now, do I think Sam Darnold goes down there and has a better go of it? We'll see. Because now he's getting McCaffrey back. There's going to be more weapons. We'll see what Sam Darnold does. But Teddy never really had a shot. So when Denver made a move for him, remember something about this move too. This is plan B because they were really trying to go after either Aaron Rodgers or they were trying to go after Deshaun Watson. These, those were the 
those were the plans that they had. And when the whole thing came, you know, up with the sexual um, harassment cases and the sexual assault cases, this is when obviously they had to go in a different direction. They had to get a quarterback in because what Drew Locke had showed the last two years was not anything that they could really bank on. I mean, Vic Fangio, his ass is on the line this year. They got to win some ball games. Same thing with John Elway, too. He's the president. He's no longer the GM of the team. But you got to start making good decisions at that quarterback spot because you haven't. You know, the Paxton Lynches of the world, the Brock Osweilers, all those horrible picks, and now you're looking at Drew Locke going, I don't know. But I saw him this past weekend, and I went like this. Hey, man. You see, this is what I love about guys that make media people sound stupid. But I'm okay with that. You know, you put a little pressure on Drew Locke. You know what's happened here? He's watching Teddy. This is what you do. You up your game. You mean to tell me you don't think a guy like Steve Young, who was in the 49ers quarterback room, helped push Joe Montana to great heights, knowing that if he stumbled in any way, Bill Walsh was going to pull the plug on Montana and put Steve Young in there. You don't think that that was something that was going to make Joe Montana a better player? Or how about even Brett Favre when you had Aaron Rodgers sitting the bench? The Packers knew that they had a quarterback in waiting. And it was just going to be a date that they were going to throw out there that eventually Aaron Rodgers was going to be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And so that propelled Favre to be a better football player. And that's kind of what you get here. That's why, you know, we were talking about Alabama um, a couple segments ago. How come they're so good? Look at the competition they have. Every single position. Dude, you get hurt? Look at what – here. So do you know that Jalen Waddle ended up getting drafted to the Dolphins ahead of Devontae Smith of the Eagles, right? You know that. So when those two guys came out of college – Pro scouts evaluated Jalen Waddell as a better prospect than the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, the kid who was absolutely the offensive player of the year in the Southeastern Conference. They thought he was a better player. Dolphins take him. They didn't take Devontae Smith. They didn't think Devontae Smith was a better player. Hell, actually, get this. They thought the guy from LSU was the best wideout in the draft. That's how they look at it. They don't care where you're from. My point is, is that when you have competition like you have at Alabama and you've got a wide receiving room that you've got Jalen Waddle and you've got Devontae Smith and you've got a boatload of other guys, Krause who gave me a whole crap load of names of other guys that were in that Alabama um, wide receiver room and you got guys knee deep like that, do you know how many Devontae Smiths and Jalen Waddles Alabama has in that room right now? Probably six. And when you're in a room like that, why do you think Alabama's the number one preseason team? Because you've got guys like that in every room, O-line, D-line, quarterback room. I mentioned it earlier in the show, too. We're talking about potentially Alabama having three starting quarterbacks in the NFL that played in the same like time frame. Think of this. Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tugaviola were in the same quarterback room at Alabama. The same quarterback room. And one was drafted in the second round, and two of them were drafted in the first round. 
and one guy started. Uh, two. Two started, obviously, because Max started last year. That's how you create competition. That's how you create a quarterback or a wide receiver that, again, you got a guy behind you here. That's what I was telling you about the University of Miami when I played there. Man, I had Warren Sapp and Cortez Kennedy, and we had all those players, Russell Maryland behind us. You couldn't leave your starting job for anything. Somebody ended up taking your gig. Richie Wayne said that numerous times. Dude, we had Andre Johnson, and they had all them guys that were playing. They weren't going to leave the room in any way because they knew that they could potentially lose their gig. So, yeah, so Drew Locke now having competition in the room there in Denver, that's a great thing. It is. It's, 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 to me, this is, this is how you get the best out of your player. There was no real competition in Denver. They just basically gave him the gig. So uh, let's see what he does these next couple of weeks. I think Fangio will probably play him because they need to find out what they have. Either you're going to start him or you're going to start Drew Locke here. I want to throw something out at you. Listen, this is more of a media of a media question for you guys. And again, I'm not trying to debate the vaccinations here. I'm not, and I'm not going to go knee deep or should they get them? Should they not? I'm not I'm, I told you before, I'm not doing that. That's not my deal here. But Brett Favre was on CNN today. And Favre was asked the question about whether or not he was vaccinated. You think that's a media person's place to ask somebody if they've been vaccinated? Like somebody like me. I mean, should that be part of my questioning? Like when I had Ice Cube on earlier, you think I should ask Ice Cube if he's been vaccinated or not? Or do you think that that is something that's over my skis here? Because for me, okay, that's a personal decision. And it's also a health question. And that would be asking me like this, do you have an AIDS test? Or do you have a tuberculosis test? So it looks like now the Raiders are going to be saying that they, every fan has to prove if they want to get into the new stadium, that they've been vaccinated. Do you think that that is a media? And do you think that's a right that people have a right to ask you that if you've been vaccinated or not? When we were told a couple months ago that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to worry about anybody. Now they're coming up with this variant thing. I don't know. I'm so confused on it. Now I have no idea. You got players that are in the NFL. Why should here follow me here on this one? So the Raiders are saying that every fan has to be vaccinated going into a stadium. That's funny. Is Derek Carr vaccinated? Are all the Raiders vaccinated? Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott won't answer the question. Josh Allen has said that he's not. We know that Lamar Jackson's not. So when Lamar Jackson, I don't even know if the Raiders play him in uh, in Vegas. I'm just saying, when a quarterback rolls into Las Vegas and he's not vaccinated, and it's known that he's not, why should the fans have to prove that they are? And the quarterbacks on some of these other teams don't. Is Again, aren't we talking out of both sides of our mouth here? See, you're going to run into lawsuits here with this because what's next? 
that you have to ask people if they're Republican or Democrat? When does that end? If you open up this can of worms here, you are opening up a can of worms to start profiling. Isn't this profiling people? This is how you profile folks, the vaccinators, the non-vaccinators. And by the way, if you're considered a person that's not vaccinated, you know what you're considered? You're, you're, you're considered like an anti-guy, and that's not the case. I've had 16 vaccinations in my life, smallpox, polio. Nobody has said that, and I'm not against anything. I'm asking a question here. Quite frankly, and by the way, I'm not preaching anything here. And please don't come off like, take it like I am, because I don't want it to land there like that. But I thought it was pretty ballsy of CNN. I'm not, I don't even know who the reporter was that asked Farb if he out of the blue was, if he was vaccinated or not. And I was like, this is, you think that's their place to ask that? That'd be like every person that comes on my show, whether it's Dabo Sweeney or Nick Suriani or any of these guys that come on our show. Hey, coach, are you vaccinated? Don't you think that's a little bit over the line when you're asking somebody that? Why do I need to know that? I'm sitting here on a stream show or I'm on my national radio show at night. Is that just to make waves? That's what it seems like, that you're just trying to get clicks on that. Well, this is what he said. He said he's not vaccinated. He won't answer the question. And before you know it, you're politicizing once again. I think the Raiders and I think the media – this is going to be a hot topic. And I, I happen to agree with Krause. I think this thing here, people go like this. The NFL fans, just like the Kaepernick story, they didn't care. The only people that cared were the media. All right. I do want to hit a little bit up on the latest in the Deshaun Watson case. This is a big story that's going to play out this week. And next week, we got some of the details. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Salil. Got a little tidbit. So, Doug Peterson, the former Eagles coach, is either going to go to work for Fox or he's going to go to work for ESPN. And they're going to put the former Eagle coach in there. I'd be very interested to hear Doug Peterson. And we've been working and efforting him, trying to get him on the program on how that thing blew up in Philly and why it blew up in Philly. And see, look, I'll tell you flat out. And my friend just told me here that, you know, he wants to get into media, obviously still being paid by the Eagles here. And the Eagles still owe him some cash here. Then he's going to probably be one of the hot free agents next year um, in the NFL when it comes to job openings. He's going to get a job again. You know, so, you know, I've, I've talked to people that have been around him, like uh, Frank Reich. And Frank Reich said that, you know, it came really to a power struggle inside the Eagle organization. And there was a situation in there where they wanted him to fire and make some moves on his coaching staff. And I'll give you another, for instance, in this, you know, when, when, when you have certain coaches that are people that don't want to make moves. And I'll tell you there, there was a story that back in the day when Tony Dungy was coaching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and there was a tug and, you know, tug and pull kind of confrontation between the Glazers and Tony Dungy. They wanted him to fire Clyde Christensen. And that was really the beginning of the end because Tony felt that he had to have complete control of his own coaching staff for him to go forward and him being able to, you know, have autonomy inside the locker room. And he needed to have that with the players, especially with high-profile players like Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks. People like that were in the locker room. And Tony thought it undermined him a little bit when they started making decisions on his coaching staff. They didn't like this particular coach, and there was a big issue there with that. Well, there, it's been known 
um, all over the place. Mike Munchak, there was a guy who was a head coach. I believe he was the former head coach of the Titans. And they wanted him to fire coaches. He quit and resigned. Said that if you can't let me be a coach and you can't let me have the people that I want to have inside the room, for me to be able to move forward, then I don't want to be a coach because I'm not firing people just because you don't like them and because you want to try to put somebody else in there and you want to put a spy in there and you want to have people that can run to the owner. You see, when you have ownership, like you do in Philadelphia, like you do in Los Angeles with the Chargers, and you're starting to see this. Look, I'll tell you something. That's something that's really new in the league. General managers nowadays have more of a say and it's not just in Philly, over the personnel that you have on a field and going into Sundays than what they have ever had in the past. You know, guys like Bill Polian and all those kind of guys, they were put in the room to try to find players for the coach. And the coach really was the guy that was a judge, juror, and executioner with who played and who didn't play. Well, now ownership is looking at the dollars and cents of this. Here, if you pay a guy... You know why some of those guys were disappointed at the end of the year when Jalen Hurts ended up getting pulled out in that Philadelphia game? Because I'm sure there were numerous guys that were close to getting incentives. And when you bench a starter and you put somebody else in there, there were guys that were not going to get their incentives. Say they were just a couple plays shy of it, a couple yards shy of it, a couple percentage, you know, plays shy of getting a bonus. That stuff affects all of that. You have to understand something. You know, people, this is not like college football. You get a 30-point lead on somebody. The head coach yanks the guys out and puts the second team in. The reason why you don't see second-team guys in the NFL is because players' incentives are tied to percentage of plays, how many wins you get. If you play 75% of the plays, you're going to get an additional $200,000. Look, look at what the Carson Wentz trade is dealt on right now. That second pick if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the plays for the Colts in the regular season and they don't make it to the postseason, that thing escalates into a first-round pick. If he plays 70% and they get him to the postseason, that thing drops down to 70%, but they got him to the postseason, it still turns into a number one pick. That, without a doubt, plays into all of this. And that's why these general managers, it's not just in Philly. Look at Dave Gettleman. Uh, John John Mara today was asked a question on is Dave Gettleman the general manager of the Giants in any hot water? He goes, I wouldn't use that phrase. I don't think Dave is in any issues of losing his job as the general manager of the Giants. And I would say this to you, really? What have they done the last three years? What have they actually done even in the last year of Eli Manning? What have they done as an organization? They've really done nothing. They drafted Saquon Barkley. Looks good. Defense may be a little bit better this year. Offensive line still has many question marks on it. And Daniel Jones, I look at Daniel Jones and I say this, I don't know. You know, I agree with Howard Eskin from WIP. I look at Daniel Jones and I go, I don't know. I, I just, he's not showing me anything now. So when you see Howie Roseman talking publicly, that's become something new. And to me, I think it gets in the way. Let's take a look at the successful teams that are in the NFL. There, Seattle. Do we even know who the general manager um, in Seattle is? Do we even know who he is? Or do you know it's Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll runs that thing? When you're in, and, and I think this is what gets in the way, in my opinion. I think this is what gets in the way also 
when we're talking about somebody like Green Bay. Green Bay has a position up there where, get this, they have no owner. They have a general manager. But they really have a president. And again, that thing is by board of directors. Look at Philly. Philly's GM. Who do you think has more power? Watch this. Let's just go around the league for a second. Who do you think has more power in Philadelphia? Nick Sirianni or Howie Roseman? Well, that's that's a we're gonna do that tomorrow too. But I'm gonna do a small exercise here. Okay? You the GM, right? Who do you think has more autonomy and more power in Pittsburgh? Mike Tomlin or Kevin Colbert, who's been on our program here on the National Football Show? Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin gets what he wants. Who do you think has more say in New England? God, I don't even have to answer that question. Nobody does. Do you personally think that Ron Rivera has more say than the front office in Washington? Absolutely not. Washington's been making all these horrible quarterback drafts over the last couple of years. That's why they're in the position that they're in. You think down with Mickey Loomis and with Sean Payton in New Orleans, who do you think runs that thing? Mickey Loomis is there for Sean. Now, could Mickey Loomis fire him? Absolutely. But Mickey Loomis has no more power than Sean Payton. Those guys work hand-in-hand with one another. How about Steve Kime in Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury? Cliff Kingsbury's on the hot seat. So the point I'm making here is all these places that are run by the owner's box or the general manager's box, these are all places that get in the way of one another. Look at Dallas. There hasn't been a head coach probably since Bill Parcells that was in, that was in Dallas that could make changes the way he so felt. But what happened? Jerry got tired of that, and he ended up blowing his ass out and ended up firing the guy. And get this. You had a coach on that coaching staff in Sean Payton who was the offensive coordinator in Dallas, and they let that guy walk out the building. And then they ended up firing Parcells. You had an offensive coordinator in the building, Sean Payton. You imagine Sean Payton? Sean Payton would never have had the success, though, in Dallas. Never had the success in Dallas that he's had in New Orleans because New Orleans and the Benson family gave him autonomy. When he came in, they said this, you're going to be working with Mickey Loomis. Again, my point is, is that this has become more fashionable for it. Here, when Jimmy Johnson left the University of Miami, do you know he took 95% of the coaching staff off the University of Miami that had been with him at Oklahoma State prior to that and had been with him on coaching staffs in numerous places? The Dave Wanstats of the world, the Dave Campos, the Butch Davises, all those guys, they coached with Jimmy. Why do you think that coaching staff stayed in place after Jimmy left and, re- and left the Dallas Cowboys? Butch went on, I think, to coach, if I'm not mistaken, I think he went on to coach Miami, and then he got the Cleveland job. Dave got the Miami Dolphins job because he went to work with Jimmy, and he became the heir apparent to Jimmy in Miami. Dave had a pretty good record. He won 54 ball games as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. My point, these owners today, they use these general managers to keep an eye on the salaries, to keep an eye on incentives. If a team's not doing well, what's it in a team and an owner's interest to do this? Well, let's just make sure the guy plays well 
he makes his money and you know all that's not how they think did you notice with the eagles as he got into the last four games of the year wasn't it weird to you all those players that were being sat and all those people that weren't getting reps the urches of the world all them guys were not getting an opportunity to make any money did you not think it was weird that goes on everywhere the, the Buccaneers were notorious for that. All right. Anyway, so we're going to do a little exercise with that tomorrow. By the way, I want to make sure we end with this one more time here, and I want to I want to end where I started, and that was with Tim Tebow. You know, you see all that stuff on the internet. It's so dumb. It really is. It's it's really dumb, and unfortunately, people don't see, you know, through the weeds. This guy had a great football career. This guy has a Heisman couple national championships. He has the distinction of being a first-round draft choice, a quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And he may not have been able to succeed in the NFL, but that's no shame. This guy won a playoff game as a starting quarterback. I look at Tim Tebow and I say this, hey, more power to you, kid. I pray to God that you end up becoming a coach and you become a college coach because I'd love to see what you could do with that. I think you can motivate men. I really do. And I see why people like my boy Krause want to buy a hat to commemorate what the guy did because I'm not one of these haters on him. I actually like the guy. And by the way, he's a gator and I'm a hurricane. How you doing? All right. Speaking of my boy Krause, great job as always, man. Big Joe, thank you for everything. If you missed any of the show, please go over to the Jacob Media Channel National Football Show. We had Ice Cube on and we had Jason Cole. We had some fun today. We appreciate it. Like it, share it. We'll catch you tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.